0: After two rounds of Premier League matches, Eric Ten Hag looked as though he might have walked into a nightmare at Manchester United, but... The troublesome Cristiano Ronaldo flounced off to Saudi Arabia. Marcus Rashford discovered a consistency that had previously eluded him. And lumbering bear impressionist Harry Maguire was mercifully taken out of the firing line. United on course to return to the Champions League. They're not entirely out of the title race either. It's all coming up, Eric. I'm Kevin Hatchard. I nearly forgot my name there. And this is Football Only Better. Marco Hare definitely more Rashford than Ronaldo. The betting guru joins me once again. Mark, we don't know what happens in Thursday's Europa League game in Barcelona at this stage. But regardless, United generally in good shape as they prepare to face Leicester. Yes,
1: um, they are. Um, I would say there's a couple of kind of... Um... Niggles, I guess, for me with, with United at the minute. Um, Obviously, the way in which they started both halves against Leeds at Old Trafford, and uh, they roared back and, and obviously take a point out of that game. But that should be a, 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 well, that is a, a missed opportunity to pick up three points at home to one of the. The outer form teams in the division. Uh, and I actually thought they had to survive long stretches of of being under pressure and some good Leeds chances in the in the reverse game at Ellen Road last weekend. And um, you know, Fleeds put one of those opportunities away. It could have been a very different game. They obviously ran away with things. At the end, um Palace, they did enough to to, to earn uh, top honors and they were beaten at Arsenal and and held at Palace in the reverse as well. So um I think the form could be better. Um I still have been very impressed by the turnaround, particularly since August, and the fact that they are just five points off the off the summit at this stage is, you know, huge kind of kudos to, to Eric Ten Hag for doing that and, and guiding them into this position. But th- this is a, a tricky game, I think, this weekend on Sunday for United at uh, home to Leicester i um, just going to visit a very familiar theme really which we've covered a fair few times over the past 18 months or so and that's goals in the Leicester games because particularly away from the King Power actually because uh, they're heading to Old Trafford now fresh off a, a 4-1 thrashing of Spurs at home and then that clinical 4-2 win at Aston Villa to really sort of ease their own relegation concerns. They rode their luck a lot at Aston Villa, it must be said, but they took their chances, showcased their, their own sort of offensive ability. James Madison back in the team. Tete had a really eye-catching debut. Harvey Barnes. He's great.
0: Love Tete. He's yeah. really good fun
1: yeah really good fun live wire kind of something just a little bit different to what they've already got there um and harvey barnes who i think is one of the most underrated players in the premier league just playing to such a high standard Um, but also Ian ianacho as well the way he's been sort of brought into the team and and leading the line um in terms of sort of goal scoring and assists i think he's contributed to seven goals in his last three games now Ian Acho. so he seems to have cemented his place as the central centre forward there so you know we've always said it Leicester have got the forward players to trouble any team in the Premier League on their day it's a matter of just kind of putting it together Uh, they really did take a, a patched up Spurs team to the sword Last weekend, a Tottenham team who were weakened in defence, but Leicester sensed blood and they performed brilliantly. And uh, Now they're going away and uh, they've scored in 27 of 30 away Premier League games since the start of last season, averaging 1.63 goals away from home and that is a better strike rate than almost every single Premier League team over the last 18 months. Um, The issue being, they've only kept four clean sheets in that 30-game sample away from home uh, and that's led to 77% of matches producing both teams score profit uh, and fixtures averaging 3.66 goals per game so this season they've already scored in 10 of 11 away but it's not just that they scored twice or more in seven of those 11 away matches averaging 1.91 goals they scored twice at Emirates Stadium twice at Spurs Um, they scored at Brighton scored at Anfield scored at Stamford Bridge Um, but what's actually quite interesting is they've lost all five of those toughest away days as well so this is obviously going to be a difficult game but it's Probably not as difficult as it could have been a couple of weeks ago with Casemiro missing through suspension, and Christian Eriksen as well missing in that midfield too. United have managed just one clean sheet in six. You mentioned, you know, this match is kind of a uh, sandwich between two really testing ties against Barcelona. We've talked previously about Eric Ten Hag's desire to win trophies this season, so I do expect them to be taking those two fixtures quite seriously. Um, United have a very strong Old Trafford record this season, scoring goals quite fluently too. So um, I was very tempted by United to win this match and both teams scoring at 3.2, but I'm going to just play it a little bit safer and back uh, over two and three quarter goals at 1.8 on the exchange, uh, where three goals or more makes a half stakes payout and four goals or more as a full stakes payout. You can obviously back over two and a half goals and beat Yes, if you like on the sportsbook, but uh, that's my approach for this one.
0: Mathematical marvel, master of the sustainable edge, Mark Stinchcomb is always good for a thought-provoking bet. Stinch, Mark, quite pro Leicester there, and they certainly have looked far, far better in recent games.
2: Yeah, I've, I've pretty much got everything written down the, the same as Mark's bonus, so I'll try and pick through the the. The, the best bits um yeah i think the the signing of uh, tete has meant that uh, essentially madison can be shifted off the right into the center and i think it just gives the overall front four a lot more balance um because you've got barnes on one side tete on the other and then ian actually leading the line and yeah it seems to have Seems to have been uh, a a good move in that sense because, you know, back-to-back games, scoring four goals when I think they'd gone four goals post-World, four games, sorry, post-World Cup without scoring um, with Madison's absence. So, yeah, it seems to have uh, worked in their favour. And yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to oppose United in their busy schedule between Barcelona and then a cup final and with no Casemiro or Eriksen. I'm actually going to go for the... Uh, second bet that Mark mentioned over two and a half goals and both teams score a five to six just so that I do get paid out in full if there's three goals um, over two and a half goals is four to seven both teams to score it is four to six so I think it's fine to combine them in a, in a bet builder and get the five to six. Um, I actually looked a little bit further with Leicester away from home and their strike rate increases actually a little bit higher in terms of um, both teams to score 79% over the last 42 away games and, and in that period a whopping 137 goals, an average of 3.26 per game and the goal expectancy here is 3.05 so there's, a, there's you know, a significant amount of wiggle room there to find an edge. Uh, I like the fact that Matt mentioned, you know, United just one clean sheet in six. And despite the fact they sit third, they actually only concede the ninth fewest shots. Um, so they do they do let the opposition. Um, they will occasionally maybe invite the opposition to have a pop or two. Um, and then the big one really is the absence of, of Casemiro. Uh, they've conceded 28 goals in 23 games in the Premier. League league this season so 1.22 per game but without Casemiro that increases to 1.9 per game 19 goals in the 10 that he's not started so I think that's uh, significant enough to think that Leicester can contribute here and yeah we want to bat Leicester obviously because you never know what they could do at the uh, at the opposite end so I just think yeah focus on goals is the way to go
0: Trader, tipster and Manchester United enthusiast, Emmett O'Keefe is on the panel. Emmett, just slightly more broadly than the game itself, could, I, could United actually win it?
3: League, I've been kind of yeah, it's the the, the pro-United what scrap groups, of which, of which I'm in a couple, are getting very excited, but realistically... Uh, it, it's very hard to see a team with um, v- 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 Vood Weghorst as their main striker and and no Christian Eriksen for the rest of the season being a kind of legitimate title contender and going to toe-to-toe Man City that's probably probably too much to ask I think
0: It's a five you know, point gap between the two of them right now isn't it with the same number it, of games
3: It is it's just hard to see United having the scoring rate to, to, to really kind of do, yeah again I'm, I've I've been, I've been doing all these calculations in my head the one thing a couple of things United's <laughs> favour is that the They've actually played City twice and they played Arsenal twice. So their their fixtures are probably a bit a bit more amenable towards the end of the season, and they can obviously make up ground when Arsenal and um and and City City play each other later in the season. Um just I guess the kind of the only hope for and again the only kind of hope for United in terms of like Possible improvements from what they haven't had already would be Jaden Sancho, just because he's basically given them nothing this season, and it, like I said, it might be too much to ask to get the kind of the all singing, all dancing Jaden Sancho we saw Dort- Dortmund with Erling Haaland. But if we got a kind of a kind of a Champions League level forward play from Sancho, I think that would mitigate in terms of the the Ericsson loss and that kind of creativity, that ability to kind of pick the lock against the lesser sides. So I think that's kind of that'll be important. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I I'm not, I, I'm not even there during the dream of regards to the title. I'd echo everything the lad said in terms, in, in terms, of, in terms of this game. But I'd probably a bit more, I'd be probably more, a little bit more pro Leicester and like kind of in the sense that, like there was obviously kind of a. Financial issues with their ownership, if they hadn't spent money, but they did spend money in January. They looked improved improve at improve three positions. Teddy, as the lads mentioned, but I bring Harry Sutard at centre half. I think I think it could be a decent improvement. They've Chris Christensen at fullback as well. So seems to have gone well. So you're going to get. Like three positions as football is like is is uh, nearly nearly thirty percent of the team, and if you've improvement improve, improvements in that, I think that the, the, that that should go way to aid kind of maybe Leicester pushing towards mid table and, and kind of forgetting forgetting the relegation troubles. I we have played this, but I'd probably back Leicester minus sorry Leicester plus one of the Asian handicap. So if Leicester draw draw when you win the bet, but if, if Man United win by one, you get your money back for everything for of every, the reasons the lads went. I, I just very find it very hard seeing this being for win for United with the sandwich between Barcelona minus Casemiro and Leicester kind of really on the up so I think there's probably a little bit of value in that.
0: We're making a few changes to our great daily offers here at Betfair. You now have to opt in to promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the Sportsbook and Exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step-by-step guide on betting.betfair.com. Let's head to the German Bundesliga Union Berlin up against Schalke. Schalke, Mark, have reeled off three straight nil-nil draws in the Bundesliga for the first time in their history. One of the reasons I know that is because I had to commentate on two of them, and that was uh, a challenging experience at times. Um, Union, we don't know what happened against Ajax uh, in midweek in the Europa League at this stage, but at home, they're
1: ever so good. Yeah, they really are. Um, we featured them a few weeks back when they uh, they turned in a a winning performance at home to Mainz, um, which we we suggested they could do. So, but um, last week really sort of caught the imagination for me, uh, going away to to Leipzig and winning. Uh, a huge statement and keeps them as Bayern Munich's nearest challengers at the top end of the table. Just one point shy of Bayern after 20 games, ludicrous stuff really, but uh, just an incredibly consistent and industrious team, very hard to shake off, very hard to beat. And um, the fact that they're just churning out victories Week after week at home, um, you know, if they pick up a couple of points away from home at the same time, uh, they're going to be in the top four battle um, till the end of the campaign. So, yeah, Thursday night is a, an obvious distraction, um, which is a, a slight concern. But um, ultimately, for me, I'm betting on the price here. And um, even with kind of the negativity of, of lack of rest time, lack of preparation time, uh, I think Union are a, a really nice price to to get something out or get three points out of this match against uh, Schalke. Since the World Cup break, they've won all five. Bundesliga matches, they've progressed in the Pokal, they've scored at least two goals in every game they've played this calendar year and as you say at home, seven wins from nine unbeaten games at home this season. They've already beaten Leipzig, Dortmund, Gladbach and Wolfsburg at home. They've held Bayern Munich at home. Uh, they've scored at least twice in eight of their nine home games and going back to the start of the last season, they've won 65% of their home Bundesliga games. That's a 17-7-2 record in win draw, losses. The only defeats against Bayern and Dortmund who both finished in the top two last season, Yeah, Schalke, three successive 0-0 draws uh, against reasonable opposition to sort of stem the bleeding a little bit performances have improved slightly um, but they still remain five points adrift of the, the relegation playoff place let alone sort of a actual survival they've lost 12 of 20 overall just earned three points from a possible 27 away losing six of nine um, and their record against the top half this season is zero wins two draws and eight defeats they scored just three goals in those 10 games as well so away from home just four goals in nine uh, managing around 2.4 shots on target per game on average when playing away from home uh, this is a, a really difficult game for Schalke and I expect Unión to get the result, you can back the minus three quarters on the Asian handicap at 1.82, which effectively guarantees a profit should Unión win the game. Uh, a win by two goals or more gets us a full stakes payout.
0: Uh, Schalke haven't won an away game in the Bundesliga since 2019. It's it's a Bundesliga record run. They're closing in on 40 games away from home. Uh, in the Bundesliga without winning it's really quite extraordinary. Uh, I would uh, usher you towards Kareem Adeyemi to score for Borussia Dortmund against Hertha Berlin. Uh, Adeyemi was ever so good against Chelsea, electrifying scored a brilliant goal on the counter attack. I think Hertha are vulnerable to that kind of player. Adeyemi's definitely picked up in terms of his performances in the last few weeks. He's 2.8 to score at any time. If you look at the market it's all the obvious ones, the strikers Zalaire, Modeste, guys like that. But if you look a little bit further down that list, Karim Adeyemi to score against a to Berlin team that did very well against Gladbach last week, but is still very leaky at the back. Over to France. Wobbling Paris Saint-Germain. Truly dreadful for a loss of their game against Bayern in midweek. Are up against Paolo Fonseca's improving Lille. Stinch Paris are in a bit of trouble. I know they're five clear at the top of Ligue 1. But they're just not playing very well at all.
2: I don't think they've been playing that well for, I'd say, this season and maybe further back because they're just going down this kind of Real Madrid, 90s, Galacticos kind of route. And But they started okay, didn't they? They looked a bit sensible to
0: start with because they signed Fabian Ruiz and you thought, oh, that's different. They brought in Vitini they were playing him in the centre and that seemed fun and now it just seems to have reverted to the usual nonsense
2: yeah um i think probably too many egos perhaps and maybe gaultier doesn't get the respect that he possibly deserves given the the jobs he's done at the at today's uh, sorry against um leo the the opponents in in this game um you know PSG season is it's unraveling at a at a fast rate uh, after that defeat v Bayern um I'm surprised that they their lead at the top hasn't shortened but I think that's because of other teams having their own issues yeah and Lons
0: it, fell away didn't they Lons looked as though they might push them but I mean that's asking for a miracle really isn't
2: it yeah I think basically they there's, there's quite, a, there's you know three or four teams they're chasing. I think they're just sort of taking points off each other or add points pinched from a, by other side So they're just probably a little bit similar to you know can we find a team in the Premier League that can keep up with the rate of Man City and Arsenal have done a fantastic job, but yeah we're not quite sure and and neither is the market whether that they can do that for the rest of the season. So kind of a similar theme, but on top of that as well they're knocked out of the cup by by marseille and you know the league is their bread and butter isn't it you know they're what probably like sub one 110 to win the league every season so that's you know that's that's not even winning the league is not even seen as an achievement i don't feel you know it's almost has to be the the bread and butter so yeah i feel like their season's un- unravelling um so I want to oppose them in some way. They're eight to 13 to win, which you can kind of, which I kind of feel that they've already been opposed in that sense. You know they would be a lot shorter, I think, if they were in a, in a better uh, moment in time. Um, so I looked in at, at the goal angle. Uh, over two and a half goals is is four to seven and both teams to score is is shorter than eight to 13. so i thought again combining the both is is the way to go to to oppose psg but ultimately they probably will win um and it comes out five to six um psg just two clean sheets in 15 and you know this Lille side is is hot on the tails of that sort of champions league places yeah um they're in a, a good moment right now they've, they've had just one defeat in 10 and i don't think we'll see a psg team that's uh rested and rotated they've got a week off before the the next match so i think they're, they'll they have full focus here and you look at Lille actually when they've played against the, the big teams this season the match has been really exciting they beat Rennes 3-1 they beat Monaco in, in an absolute classic 4-3 they lost 2-1 at marseille 2-1 v nice and of course, way back in August, PSG beat them 7-1. So I, th- I think this is almost the perfect opposition for the bet. You've got Jonathan David, who's obviously their star man, 14 goals in 22 games. He scored in his last two visits to PSG as well. So there'll be no fear factor there at all. And actually, if you look back to last season as well, the two games finished 5-1 and and 2-1 in PSG's favour. So, yeah, maybe if you wanted a bigger price, you'd go PSG to win and both teams to score. But I, I just couldn't trust PSG right now to win the game. Yeah, I mean, we saw Kylian
0: Mbappe come back towards the end of that Bayern game and it did completely transform the side. But it was a very weird game because it almost felt as if Paris knew Mbappe could play at some stage, just hanging in there to hope that they could keep it close until he came on. I mean, th- this is supposed to be a very expensively assembled squad. It can't just be about one guy. No, I'd it, 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 uh, echo like everything
3: you said there. It really felt like kind of a damage limitation exercise. Like they had one shot in the first 54 minutes at home. At home, Like it's unimaginable for a team of, kind of PSD stature. It just It felt, given the defensive issues they had, that Galtier was just like, I don't trust my defense at all here and yeah. I can't trust us to play any kind of press or, or offensive game. So I'm just going to, as you said, keep, keep it tight into the last thirty minutes and hope Mbappe does something which, as you said, isn't kind of it's isn't respectful. Really <laughs> it is not is embarrassing. And it's just as also it does bring home though as well, in years past when PSG have gone close to the Champions League, like they genuinely had they did they, a really strong, like kind of say they did players like Blaise McTweedie when Rabiot was going well in midfield like the kind of the talent it wasn't just the front positions all across the team there was like a kind of world-class or kind of really top-class performers and just during the week it didn't really feel like that with players like say Carlos Soler the 16-year-old in midfield I'm not saying they're bad players just they're not like
0: Well the Carlos Soler thing was just really weird because he was kind of stuck out on the left wing where he doesn't play he scampered around didn't get anywhere near the ball and the game just completely passed him by it was so odd, it was. Yeah, and then like the, I think like you're bringing. I
3: know it. I guess it kind of worked for bringing Kempembe full back as well. It was just the whole, the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing was was kind of a little odd, um, and kind of. But yeah, I think, I could think everything. Everything Mark Mark said about PSG shaky form. The only clean sheet they've had their last eight matches since the break was against the bottom club uh, Angers. They're battered by Monaco last week. And like and, and like the kind of the Lille are kind of pretty better than their kind of fit place, place position. Their kind of expected goal difference has them kind of second second in French league. On so, I I had the same bet as Mark down over, Botifa scoring over two and a half goals looks a strong bet. And also just for the French league on outright, we're kind of really under the market on Marseille. But if you can. Find the 14th one on Marseille to win French league, and I think it's pretty worth worth a few quid. Marseille, one of the few teams in 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 Europe, even outside the Premier League, to spend big money. They signed Ma, Ma, Malinowski from Atalanta. Um, He's playing Viti- well as well. Yeah, Vitinha v- 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 yeah, as a backup striker. For for thirty million from Braga, and then Unai was, was a real star of the World Cup for for from for, for so They signed really shrewdly, and they're a bit of an. And just I think with PSG, if they go to the Champions League in embarrassing fashion, I think there's potential for a real kind of disaster and kind of problems with the dressing room, which which could see them could, could see them really kind of fall apart. At whatever double figure price, so, um, it's, it's well worth a small bet. Yeah, and that
0: win. And mean- which- Oh, sorry, Stinch. Go no,
2: on. Sorry to interrupt just quickly. We didn't mention as well that um, Pembe actually had to come out to the away fans uh, with a megaphone to apologise. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's after he was stripped of the captaincy. So <laughs> I really think there's some, you know, some hierarchical issues going on there, and it's no yeah. surprise with the egos. Yeah, so Kimpembe was the vice-captain of Paris and he only
0: found out that he'd lost that particular title by reading it on the club's website because they'd given it away and... um Yeah, and then as Stinch says, after they lost at Monaco, he took the megaphone from the Ultras. Uh, He didn't bring a megaphone to the game, uh, as far as I'm aware, and then used the megaphone to apologise. It's a a very strange situation there at the moment. And that defeat to Marseille in the Coupe de France that saw them go out of that competition, is the first time they've lost to Marseille at the Velodrome for 12 years. So it does just give you an indication of how strong Marseille have been, but also things not well uh, in the French capital. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Plenty of other excellent podcasts on the Betfair network, including the Cheltenham Rawcast ahead of the upcoming Cheltenham Festival. From Emmett, from Stinch, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.